Hi everyone, welcome to our wellness podcast with My Pets Wellness. I'm Dr. Amanda and today with me is Dr. Rebecca. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Rebecca. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Super excited. <laughs> yeah. Today we are going to talk about neuroplasticity. Yes. Sounds kind of scary. But... <laughs> <Big> word. <laughs> yeah, but actually really cool. It's very, yeah. very cool. Our bodies are just so interesting and they, they're really amazing. Absolutely. No, they definitely are. I'm excited to talk through it. <laughs> yeah. So what is your definition of neuroplasticity? What comes yeah. to mind? So I guess in my mind, I think of it from two different angles. One is like the pure biological sense, like what is definitionally neuroplasticity? And then the second is functionally, what does that mean for people, right? So in my mind, neuroplasticity from a biological standpoint, my understanding of it, and I'll caveat this by saying I'm not a neuroscientist, <laughs> but it's it's a process that basically involves um, structural changes actually to the synapses of the brain and either forming new neural connections or reorganizing the existing neural connections that exist. Um, and a lot of times that is you know, in response to some sort of stimulus, right? Um, either internally, you know, your body or chemicals are, are changing things or external stimuli, um, you know, potentially things like learning or things that um, your brain recognizes in kind of the external world. So um, this neuroplasticity oftentimes happens in situations where people are learning or, you know, recovering from things like a stroke or, you know, traumatic brain injury, things like that. So from a purely biological standpoint, that's my understanding of, of neuroplasticity. And then I think from um, a functional standpoint, you know, I, I think of it as a way to really retrain your brain, which is super cool that we have the ability to do that. So that's, that's my understanding at least. <laughs> no, I absolutely agree. And I think it's a great topic for you because your dog definitely displayed neuroplasticity in her real life. Like the best, the best, best case study I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually a really great call out. Yeah. So for the, for the viewers who aren't aware, um, my dog, she's a little Basset. Um, when she was like 15, 16 weeks old, she underwent a routine space surgery um, and she actually had an anesthetic complication and died and was dead for several minutes, um, significant oxygen deprivation. And um, we eventually got her back, did CPR, um, recovered her, and she was effectively, I would say, non-functional in a lot of different ways. She was able to breathe, but she couldn't see or really move. Um, she had to be food uh, tube fed for a while. Um, and over time, we saw that she began to kind of regain those functions. We did things like hyperbaric oxygen therapy for her because there had been some studies showing that that improved, um, you know, neurogenesis and stuff in patients that had um, ischemic damage, you know, lack of oxygen to the brain. So she absolutely is a perfect example of neuroplasticity where you can go from not being able to see or hear or move to now being a mostly functional dog, I would think. <laughs> She is um, very, very sweet, but not super bright. And that's totally fine. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, that's okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, your videos are so cool from where she really just could not move. She had paralysis and then now she's moving around. For the most part, she can see you. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's amazing with the head trauma cases. Like I used to see, it was so hard to tell people a prognosis because you just don't know and the brain can do amazing things. It just takes a lot of time and effort, mainly time, <laughs> mainly time. 
Really time, a little bit of luck. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And it is it is super unpredictable, right? I, I know mm -hmm. younger animals tend to have, mm -hmm. I think, a little bit more of a natural inclination to have that neuroplasticity. Um, you know, people too. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons it's easier for kids to be able to learn languages, right? Languages, yeah. Is because that's their brains are just primed for it. Um, yeah. and I was actually reading a study just actually couple of weeks ago about they're trying to identify the molecule that is actually impacting the ability of the brain to be more neuroplastic. So they think that they've actually found this particular substance that improves neuroplasticity in the brain um, and is responsible for the you know ability to acquire languages and stuff in younger um, children. And they're hoping that you know in future studies and in you know hopefully in the not so distant future there will be some applications for improving neuroplasticity in adults as well. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Super interesting research that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is awesome. And then kind of bringing it back to veterinary medicine and being in the field. Yes. Um, <laughs> Why do you think it's important for us to be able to rewire our brains? Yeah. So I think, I mean, this definitely applies to veterinary medicine. Um, I think it applies broadly to any field and really to any person, right? So in vet med, you know, I, I feel like there are a lot of stressors and there are a lot of people that are in vet med that are highly empathetic, that have um, you know, tendencies to sometimes catastrophize or sometimes yeah. see things in, you know, black or white thinking. Yeah. Um, I know I personally <laughs> have I'm a great catastrophizer. <laughs> exactly. I'm so good at it. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really good. <laughs> yes. Perfectionist. And yes, I am perfect at catastrophizing, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we, we tend to struggle with all of this stuff in vet med, right? We've talked about it before. It's a really challenging field. Um, but I think there are opportunities when you think about the idea of actually being able to change your brain and really restructure it. I think it's empowering, right? Cause it gives you the ability and the understanding of like, yes, this is my brain right now. And this is my experience and that's okay. This is what I'm currently feeling. And, and this is my reality. And that's, that is what it is. And it's fine, but it's also very empowering to be able to think this doesn't have to be my reality forever. Mm -hmm. You know, I, have the ability to say, you know, this is my goal. This is where I want to be. And I, I have the power to change to some extent, um, the way that my brain is conceptualizing things or the way that I'm, I'm, you know, reacting to things or responding to things. So I, I think it really is exciting in a way for a lot of people to know that, you know, neuroplasticity and rewiring the brain is absolutely feasible. And it's something that like we're doing on a daily basis anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Like every single time that our brain is exposed to something in an external environment, right? It's learning every single time. So taking that and understanding like we're doing this anyway, we still have that ability, even though we're not, you know, a young child that can learn 12 languages, like mm -hmm. we still do have that capability. And so figuring out how to best harness that and working with people that can help you with that, like therapists and counselors and psychologists, um, I think is, is really powerful. Have you heard about our weekly wellness rounds? If you're a veterinarian, you know more than anyone how tough life can get. 
Whether it's dealing with difficult clients, communication challenges on your team, issues in your personal life, or even just a busy week where you feel like you haven't been able to stop and actually catch your breath. There are so many things that come into our lives that can impact our mental health. So that's why we've started our weekly wellness rounds. This is a judgment-free place to come talk through your experiences with other veterinary professionals who get it. These conversations are moderated by our Director of Wellness and Personal Growth, Dr. Rodney Robertson, who is also a licensed mental health professional. Weekly wellness rounds take place on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time, and all of these meetings are virtual, so there's no need to stress about adding yet another trip to your busy week. You can register and join our weekly wellness rounds by visiting our DVM support website at mypetswellness.net forward slash DVM support. So join us for weekly wellness rounds on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central. We hope to see you there. I think you kind of hit on this um, kind of while we were chatting, but the benefits of it, just knowing that you can, you don't have to have this mindset and you may not even know that your mindset is kind of affecting a lot of areas of your life, but you can go towards more of like a growth mindset than like a scarcity mindset uh, and actually retrain your brain to think in that way. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you hit it on the head. I think it's one of those things like once you have awareness of it, right, then you have the ability to actually um, make informed decisions and choose kind of how you want to manage that. So I have found personally, you know, there's this um, kind of approach in in some, you know, psychological circles. Again, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a neuroscientist. So carry yeah. me out a little bit. <laughs> talk to your respective specialists. But, right. Um, my understanding is there's this field, you know, or this this line of thinking, acceptance and commitment therapy, right? And that is something where you really are working to be an observer of the emotions and the things that you're feeling without necessarily judging them, right? And this is absolutely, I am not doing it justice by really simplifying it, right? I'm not trying to be reductive, but it absolutely is gonna end up that way. Um, But the idea is that rather than experiencing your emotions necessarily in the moment, you're able to take a step back and say, this is the emotion that I'm feeling, this is what I'm experiencing and almost kind of remove yourself from it a little bit, right? Just a touch um, to where you're actually able to identify it in the moment. And I feel like that type of practice where you're able to say, this is how my brain is currently working, right? And not say, I am angry, but rather Mm -hmm. I am feeling anger. This is what my brain is currently doing. I think again, gives you that opportunity to really take a step back and assess, okay, these are my patterns. This is the way that my brain is currently wired. And, you know, I want to work to try to improve that, or I want to work to try to change that. Um, And again, I think there are limitations here, right? I'm not saying everyone can go out and suddenly decide that they're going to be like hard. (laughs) It, I, I think that there are some things that, you know, are probably pretty static. Um, like I, I've read, you know, the big five personality traits and stuff like those are really challenging to change um, mm-hmm. over time. It's, it's certainly possible, but um, you know, things like that, like I'm an introvert, I'm not suddenly going to decide, well, I'm going to be an extrovert and, you know, go out and feel like an extrovert. Right. Um, but there are ways that you can make those small changes, especially in ways that are I think really impactful with, you know, anxiety or the way that you're approaching things or the way that you're responding to things. So it can be a really, um, again, just a really powerful tool. And to realize how, how important your thoughts are connected to your emotions, because you won't really have an emotion without a thought. 
you're not just going to like be angry for no reason. Normally, you know, exactly. something will trigger that and to really catch that. And we'll be talking about reframing, uh, in a little bit, but yes. what you're describing is, is kind of reframing your thoughts, uh, which is a great tool, easier said than done <laughs> because a lot of the times I think our thoughts go without us really knowing they're happening. And then you just kind of have to like catch the train as it goes. Absolutely. No. <laughs> Much easier said than done. All of this, even though yeah. narcissism yeah. is is not really an easy word to say. It's yeah. easier said than done. <laughs> it is actually hard. I was like, oh. <laughs> and yes. then uh, just ways, the tools to to kind of train your brain. I know there's brain games. That's kind of more sharpening your your mental health. Doing like um like Sudoku or puzzles like that. Uh, I think yoga can be helpful learning a language. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, everything that you just mentioned, spot on hundred percent. I think brain games, engaging your brain in different ways, right? Like even people talk about using your, your other hand to brush your yes, teeth. I read that. Yeah. Things Makes like that. that. Are, yeah. They're challenging for your brain. They keep you stimulated. I think that's all super important. Um, you know, I, I think like I mentioned talking with, um, a psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, someone that is able to help you recognize your specific patterns and how you want to change that. I think one of the things that I've found, especially with, um, you know, the, the benefits of neuroplasticity for myself is identifying how I'm talking to myself, right? Like I feel like everyone has one of those internal monologues, right? And so, I am, I've become, and I've tried to intentionally become very mindful of my internal reaction to the things that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So like, if I go and I do something and it's dumb, like sometimes my internal voice is like, God, you're so stupid, <laughs> right? Like, that's just what my voice is telling yeah. me. And so rather than just accepting that, it's important to be able to say, that is a response that my brain is having. Let's give it examples of how that's not true. And rather than I would say strengthening that circuit, that neural circuitry that exists that created that kind of response. Mm -hmm. Let's break that response when we recognize it so that we can rewire our response to be something that's more productive. Like maybe instead of, gosh, I feel so stupid or gosh, I'm so dumb. Maybe we say next time that didn't turn out the way that I wanted, but I learned something from it. Next time I'll do better, right? Showing more compassion to yourself, I think is one of the the way is that on a daily basis, you can work to rewire your brain in a very tangible way. Um, I also think obviously, you know, things like exercise, exercise is great for the body, but it's also great for the brain. So if yep. you're exercising regularly, you're going to be able to have more power to do some of these things, um, that take a little bit more energy and, and are a little challenging. Um, you know, having a healthy diet, I think mm -hmm. is as well. Um, so some of those basics, getting sleep, yeah, <laughs> <think getting sleep. laughs> baseline, <laughs> step zero, yep. Get sleep. <laughs> yep. exactly. and then everything else will kind of follow from there. So <laughs> exactly. And I think we, we actually touched on this in the beginning, but I was reading, a, um, several studies where someone had a traumatic brain injury and they actually were able to reverse the damage yeah. and come back and relearn. Uh, so I think that is I mean, amazing of our bodies that we can do that and know that if something happens to us, or if we do have a negative self thoughts, like we can actually rewire and change our mindsets. Absolutely. And it's a good reminder, right? Like 
there are a lot of things in life that you absolutely can't change, right? Mm -hmm. And those things are really hard and it's really frustrating to be in those situations. But to know that there are things that you do have an influence on, not necessarily, again, that you can change and do a 180 overnight, but that you can, through intentional effort, make a difference. I think that's really exciting. And for it to be your own brain and to know like, okay, well, I'm going to focus on training my brain. You know, I'm going to focus on making it, um, you know, work with me (laughs) versus against against me. (laughs) I I think that's really important and um, really great for, I think, veterinary professionals or really anyone to remember because it is so powerful. So. I agree. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Dr. Rebecca. And thank you for everyone at home. We really appreciate it. And join us next time. Awesome. Thanks, (laughs) y'all.